0: Gifting is hard. This isn't news, but what might be news is that you can now send beer, wine, and spirits right to your friends and family with Drizzly, the go-to app for alcohol delivery. Which is good news, because adult beverages are the only gift that no one ever returns. And Drizzly's tailored experience lets you find the perfect drink for the occasion, no matter what it is. You'll save time by shopping a huge selection of drinks from wherever you are. You'll save money by comparing prices on said drinks across stores. And you'll get to spend more time sipping with your gifties. You know, if they're the sharing type. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D R I Z L Y dot com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Ding dong, it's Drizzly. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. <laughs>
1: it would be a wolf but i the Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast, part of a 90 Min Network. It's going to be one of those shows, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, Wolves did, of course, lose 4-0, 4-0? 4-2 yeah. to Leeds, even. I've, it's been a long one. Um, there is so much to talk about, let alone the six goals. There were two red cards. There were VAR decisions. It basically had everything in a game. Um, joining me tonight to talk about the game, I've got Jafo and Andy. I mean, boys. I was going to say I don't quite know where to start because we were chatting just before we uh, we jumped on here about there's a couple of overarching things about this team and about this game which I don't want to kind of lose within it because there were so many individual hot points within it, whether that was on the wall side, the lead side, or the refereeing side of things as well. Um, so we'll kind of try and cover it all. I'm one thing I am glad about. I don't know about you guys. Is the fact that we were recording this yesterday?
2: <laughs> the group chat was um something else last night, wasn't it?
1: Yes, it was I heated. Mean, shall not, we say? I'm not going to
0: lie. I had it on mute. I just, I just like, I turned it off. I don't want to look yeah. at it. I don't want to listen move? to it. Yeah, yeah. it, it uh,
1: just. I mean, I'm sure most fans um, had had similar reactions to us afterwards, and hopefully, in the cold light of day, it's um, you know made some of it easier to digest. But frankly, I'm still I'm still really annoyed by all of it yesterday. You know, let alone the uh, you know let alone the refereeing for for Wolves' performance as a whole. But we'll talk starting eleven because again. He's, he's done a bit more tinkering, hasn't he? Uh, Lopetegui. Um Charles Gomez gets his first um, full start. Um, and he goes with Neto, Jimenez, and Podence up front. We talked the other day, Jifo, about how when Jimenez is playing, having those two forwards, two wide players, doesn't really work for him. I mean, were you a bit concerned when you saw the lineup?
0: Yeah, yeah. And exact, for that exact reason. I mean, We we saw it throughout the game, and we'll talk about it more as we go through it, but we saw exactly through the game. is like, when you have a striker who I can't remember the last time he scored a header, who's been isolated by two centre-backs, because (laughs) you've got Pedence and and Neto there, and they're the type of players who want to cut back inside to try and whip a ball in or work the ball back through the middle. Then, how the hell are we going to get value out of a player like Jimenez? We, We just can't. And... Well, okay, yeah, he hasn't been the same player for the past three years. Uh, I think it's around about three years anniversary, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, it will um, be, yeah, but it's like, how do you how do you get the most of a player? Uh, and you play to someone's strengths. And we we spoke about this. We we speak about this like probably like once every two or three shows. The same thing you get brought up. <laughs> if, if it's not about the same player, but it's like, how do we get strength? How do we play to our strengths? Players like the Domitrio, who we'll talk about as well later. We play to their strengths. We get the most value out of them. So, how do we get value out of him and his? <laughs> You put him where people can put, actually put a ball onto his head, and that's not what we saw yesterday. And and, and seeing that starting eleven, I was had I was under no impression that we were going to get anything out of that game. And also for me with him and his, you put players around him. That mm-hmm. that's, yeah, for me, like
1: he does his best work all throughout his career between the goalposts but there was a couple of points in yesterday's game where he got the ball and it was like one of almost those classics where it got played into his feet really quickly. And there's that opportunity for him to sort of knock the ball around the corner and just no one's making that run. And whether it's from centre midfield, whether it's from the wing wingers. And I mean, I'm digging into my, um, graphics early on, on this one, but for those who are watching on YouTube, uh, big thanks and uh, welcome. You'll see on the screen, like Jimenez is, it, the formation actually looks like the, the formation to a degree, um, in terms of kind of how players are positioned. But Jimenez, there's no kind near Jimenez, whereas you compare it to like Leeds and uh, Patrick Bamford and uh, Leeds is number seven. It's all very congested and for me implies that they are getting players in, in and around him and, That front three, it just looks isolated. And I think I tweeted before the game, Like the back four pretty much picks itself. The midfield picks itself to a degree. It's kind of Lamina, Neves, and one other. Now, I thought it was going to be Nunes or Moutinho, turned out to be Gomez. Great. We'll we'll talk about him in a bit because I think there's bits to um, pick up on that. But... There just isn't free forward players who there is any chemistry. There's not. not, not There's not at
2: all, is there? Thoughts, I mean, there? When, I think Jimenez has lost some of his mobility. I think that is partly down to his age, partly down to his, obviously, the horrific injury which he nearly died of. We absolutely can't take that away from him. We understand that. But at the same time, if you're just going to say, "Right, oh, we'll stick him there, we'll have this mercurial talent in... Pedence, who does whatever the fuck he wants, whenever the fuck he wants. And we'll have Neto, who is not the player he was. So that front three immediately, I thought that that just looks disjointed. And plus, I always, I always find that Pedence and Neto, they're too one-footed. Neto's too left-footed mm-hmm. and Pedence is too right-footed. I don't mind an inverted wing gap if they have the opportunity to go on the outside But Neto never does that, and Pedence rarely does that. And when he does, he tends to go out for a goal kick. Like, he's not that good with his left foot. He does occasionally try it. But all that adds up to an absolute disaster up front, which is pretty much what we've been seeing for two and a half years at this point.
1: I mean, it's gobsmackingly shocking to a point, isn't it, when you can't consider it? And we didn't get off to a good start. Um, Rather obviously, because we can see if we're inside six minutes. Um, I guess out of weirdly all the goals, he, he, I always kind of overlooked it because of everything that happened in you know the ninety plus minutes afterwards. But oh, you must think if you're an opposition playing wolves, considering literally everything we just said that we can barely score, you must be licking your fucking lips if you score inside the first ten minutes, because we're a team who just. We, we've got such a low scoring record. I'm almost surprised more teams don't just go full pelt at us and try and get a goal early on because, well, frankly, we're not good enough to continually break a team down.
2: Mm, that's exactly what Leeds did. They saw that our right-hand side was fairly weak because is not going to be tracking back and putting in a shift there. Semedo generally feels his way into a game. I do. He has improved, but he's also... I don't say liability, but I think he's possibly the weaker link um, when it comes to the the overall team. And they obviously identified that. So they tried that ball over to Nyanto four times before it eventually came off and they scored a goal. They identified it early and they just kept hammering it at us. And we never reacted to that. I mean, we could easily have been, you know, a goal behind within the first two, three, four minutes. It's a it's only really there. Lack of finishing that made them wait an extra two minutes to the six, which is a terrible thing to say.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And it kind of felt like after that, we did kind of snap into gear, and for genuinely, like the next half an hour, Leeds barely got near us. Mm. And it, I don't, I don't know, it, it was kind of fascinating to see because we kind of just kept piling on momentum, creating chances, but not huge chances and making I guess sloppy decisions as well. Like um I've seen it doing rounds on social media where Podents tries to the the um the overhead kick. I think it's Podents. Um yeah. instead of you know knocking it back across the face of goal where there's two two wolves players waiting. And I, I guess if anything sums up Wolves it's probably that at the moment. Um One thing that I guess was apparent in the first half was the pitch conditions. Now, it was a feisty-ass game. Let's be honest, it was a brawl of a game. Um, Now, yeah, we we, we can't... The referee is almost like this thread throughout the game. But there was a couple of key things in the first half. One, while we're having that high point in momentum was the potential Samedo uh, penalty at the time what was your initial reaction to it
2: I, I thought it was at the time but obviously I'm in the south bank I'm a lot further away than a lot of people but he, it looked like there was contact the way he went down but it's very, very difficult to, to really judge how much contact there actually was. But yet, in the moment, I did think it was a penalty.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I would, I'd be lying if I didn't think it was. I mean, I'm very, in the moment, very gold-tinted glasses person, but... <clears throat> it's just one of those. You it, it, it come across him and, and it, it looked like maybe it's one of them. It, it, it kind of catches him afterwards, but, I mean, you look back at it and you're like, it's, it's we have, yeah. We have We have this conversation again. We have this conversation all the time before, and and it's supposed to clear things up. How the hell do we? How the hell is there like? uh There's no because I like to see things in zeros and ones, right? Mm. And, and there has to be absolutes. And there's, with refereeing, there just doesn't seem to be any absolutes. And the one thing that really frustrates me about this is that they're looking at these issues, and Howard Webb's now involved, and they're changing things on a weekly basis. We're not talking about Sunday League football. We're talking about a hundred million pound game, or whatever they call it now for the for the playoff game to get into the Premier League. Mm, yeah, you know, we're we're talking about a multi multi million pound industry. And they're changing things on the fly. And this is like March. This isn't August. This isn't September. The, how the hell can you come in and say, "Okay, well, we're going to do this slightly differently now"? You have you have all this time to prepare to all these things, all prepare all these ideas and how they're going to do things. You do that for a season, and then if you need to change something, you change it. Then you don't change it in March. I don't. I don't understand what Howard Webb is thinking by saying, "Okay, now the will we want the referees to do it a different way." When there's ten games left in the season, or fifteen, or whatever, it doesn't. It makes zero sense because that now has an effect, and everything that's happened before has happened, and that has an effect from this point now on all these teams. Yeah. Now, if if we were to get relegated at this point and because of the changes and because of everything that's happened, inside the Lamina Rick card, some of the bullshit decisions that happened, Alan Liverpool, I know it was the FA Cup, but not like that yesterday, if we get relegated because of that. You know, I, f- I would feel egregious that the PGO-MOL changes it on the fly. I would be so pissed off because there's no consistency. And that's mm-hmm. what I just wish we had with it. I just wish we had some level of consistency and accountability on what they do because yeah. they just seem to hide behind bullshit. Mm.
1: It, it, it seems almost smoke and mirrors and even like the things like that came out post- Newcastle, where the pJml issued an apology, but it wasn't an apology, and it wasn't saying that they made a mistake, it was the fact that a better decision could have been made, and it's just, I can't get my head around it, and there are a few things for me, and I think we might even have it, we might have popped up on Twitter corner potentially around, you know, how do you make it better, and there's just some really basic things, and one of the things that struck me about all of these controversial quote unquote decisions around balls that you know, whether it's the Gomez, whether it's uh, Tony Gomez versus Liverpool, whether it's the um, one against Arsenal, Lamina to a degree, Newcastle, you know, but whatever in there and Samado as well, will go for mm-hmm. pretty much each one of them. I can understand to a degree why the officials have made that decision in the moment. I understand it, but just because of how VAR is implemented, how the referee has to act in terms of, Oh, well, if it's a rule, as a clear and obvious error and things like that. Each one of them, because of the direction of the referee has then impeded it. So actually mm. I think, like the tomato one to drag it back to today's game, or well, yesterday's game. Even if he blows for a penalty, that doesn't get overturned by VAR. Is it easiest way yeah. I can describe it? Yeah, absolutely. It's, same as Jimenez against Newcastle. And that—that's the thing that I find so frustrating. And you know, we can talk. Yeah. Even the fact, he didn't. You know, it got reviewed by VAR, but he then doesn't go to the TV to to watch it and I, I can't work out if that's a good or a bad thing how how that's kind of done is almost like if they go to the tv it means there's a it that means there's going to be a change in, in the in the decision-making mm. process and it just screams to me that just just something very obviously needs to change in the summer about the communication with clarity as you said the accountability of it because it just doesn't work for the for the current model you know mm-hmm. I've got the, the Newcastle one I'm dragging it back to a game that happened a week ago now ball broke really quickly the ref ended up being 50 yards from the decision now it's it's not his fault that's that's you know how fast the play progressed but to not just pause on it and go you know what? I couldn't have a full clear picture of it. I'm really fucking lucky. I can go and look at it. Can you imagine just going, actually, you know what? (laughs) Instead of me making a decision decision in the moment, I can review these cameras.
2: Mm. We give them all of the benefits in the world and they don't embrace them.
1: And I, I, I don't. It's almost like they can't use it as almost this, Antithesis to what they are doing, and all it does is promote more mistrust, more disharmony with match officials. And then, you know, Andy, I know you've had beef with a um, referee Twitter this season, and, I, yeah. uh, and <laughs> all it does is it, it, it exacerbates that because then it just makes everyone's life harder. So, Wolves don't get the decision, um, and it kind of snowballs, and the game gets feistier. Now, one thing I kind of made note of was I don't think the pitch helped because you had Craig Dawson getting a booking, which I think some Leeds fans would argue could have been a red. I mm. think the one on Lamina um, by, their, by their defender was a heavy-ass challenge as well. And, I've, I mean, the Dawson one, it was almost like I think Harrison slips and then Dawson slipped into him with the slight tackle. And it's kind of just like... Yeah, it's, it's very clear yellow. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to work out if I think Dawson should have been sent off or not before half time. I think what oh, saves Dawson,
2: because I think he could have got a red card, a, a straight red on the, the, the challenge on Harrison. I think what saves him, his foot wasn't high, and as you say, it was a slippery pitch. So I can see why, in speak, it's not a wrong outcome to have booked him. So Mm. I don't think that VAR would have intervened and sent him off. But at the same time, I think if the ref had of, I don't think we could have argued too much. I don't think it's a second booking, because if you look, um, Bamford has got his arms behind him. He's got his arms all tangled in with Dawson. It was very 50-50, and often in those kind of challenges, whoever's the first one to hit the ground is the one who's going to get the free kick. And I think that's what happened, to be perfectly honest. I don't think there was really anything in it. It was barely a foul, but because Bamford was the first one down, Okay, that's generally how it goes.
1: Yeah, I think the only thing... You've got the idea that it's closer to goal, which mm, I'm not a big fan of, because I think if you just have a halfway line, to be honest, I think the fact that Bamford's got completely the side they are just tangled up so they say it doesn't kind of matter was yeah frustrating but we go in at one nil at halftime and Lopetegui turns into a tinker man again and makes the changes and we see Dawson come off which I guess he was worried about getting that booking I don't know how many Hmm. bookings Dawson's actually on for the season now because he does pick up quite a few but at halftime Sarabia comes on Collins comes on and I think oh it's a Brave New Dawn. Um, personally, I think we're crying out for Sarabia because he is much more of a player who likes to play a bit more inside as opposed to Neto, who seems to be very much ongoing to stay out wide at the moment. And my optimism lasted for four minutes. Um, and <laughs> I mean, I've watched it. I, I, I have dared watching back that second goal because... I don't know, uh, as as Paul in the YouTube comment says, you know, take Dawson off and concede um, off a set piece, great mm. decision. Now I'm trying to work out how much correlation causation is with that because I don't know if Dawson prevents Gomez not tracking his runner. I think it, Tom Calvert on the show repeats pretty much every time we concede a set piece how woeful we are uh, um at, 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 at matching up size to size. And the fact that you've got Joel Gomez on, you know, six foot one, six foot two, Lou Galing, who, again, very clever set piece move because you've got Saar doesn't do enough and gets blocked off. Kilman doesn't really attack the ball as well. Mm. You lose your man in the middle. And again, it's a minor mm. right, no one defending the back post. There's just no one. So when, as soon as Sar's in no man's land, Luke Hayden has the freedom of the Wolves goal. I mean, it, it's just, it's it's Sunday league shit, isn't it? Mm.
2: I find that's often a problem when you mix and match your um, your defensive style. Like, mm. either go all man for man or go all zonal. But it looked like we were trying to do a bit of a hybrid of both. And I think sometimes you end up Treading on other people's toes, and that's what it looked like a little bit. And a plus, because I think you are right. I don't think Dawson would necessarily have prevented it, but he's a bit more vocal about telling people where to be. I think we possibly could have set up a little better.
0: Yeah,
2: but still,
1: there is. I mean, it? it was a fantastic. I've, I think if you look at it from the Leeds perspective, they say it's a fantastic delivery, something that we're not necessarily accustomed to as Sands. And it, it's training ground stuff, isn't it? In terms of, you know, they flooded everyone near post, had a couple of blocks go their way, had someone spin off the back. It, it, it Oh, perfect. I, I, you know me, I'm an absolute pedant for a good training ground goal. <laughs> but, and, you know, again, Paul, he mentioned it in the comments as well. You know, Dawson yeah. would have told... Every player to watch you, man. Of course, it prevents Gomez switching off. With the greatest of respect, if we're relying on one person to tell everyone else to do your job, I find I yeah. find that deeply. I, I I I do struggle with that, and I get that Dawson is this very experienced um, central defender. He is that calming influence and stuff like that. I don't quite buy into if he's on the pitch, we don't conceive that like just because of the sheer catalogue of errors, but aren't just Jao Gomez and it's frustrating because actually I thought he had quite a good game. I think the game mm-hmm. suited him because it, it was very um, playground-esque. It was just up and down. There was no structure to it. After the after the third goal, which we'll talk about in a second, it was just a free fall, Um which I think kind of suited his chaotic style, but I think Jao Gomez sort of narrowing on him for a second. I do like him. I've he's got to admit, you know, he does everything you need him to do. He's, he's got That's the tenacity, tackle. He did that block after, after you know, making a mistake. And that, that stood out for me because it could have been really easy for that young man to have yeah. gone hiding. And, yeah, you know, the, to, to front he's, up.
0: He's exceptional, though, isn't he, for his age? And the fact that he's only been yeah. here, what, six weeks at, at the most? It's, you know, he's, he, he plays like he, he's born to, to play in, in England and, and he's an exceptional talent. We're very lucky to have somebody like that. Normally, they get snapped up by a lot bigger clubs than us. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But the one thing that, that frustrates me about him now, and I think a lot of our midfielders, is there's no balance. So we're playing with... Essentially what is if you you know for the YouTube viewers when Rich put the uh, positions up earlier is we're playing with this single pivot because Lamina's dropping in between the centre backs. You can see where number five is picking up. So Joe Gomez and Ruben Neves essentially have to be box to box midfielders. And that doesn't really work too much for us because I just I just don't see any value in Ruben Neves being and I've seen it a lot in the last probably sort of two or three games where he's closing down the goalkeeper. And I just he doesn't have that ability to be that sort of like box to box midfielder, someone who's filling the space and 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 supporting the striker. And Joe Gomez is the same. He's not that sort of player. And I just feel like where we'd get the most out of these players is to play a little bit more structured. And to say have a double pivot, so we have Neves and Lamina or Lamina and Gomez or one of them in Nunes and then have a creative influence in front of them like a Matias Cunha to play off of Jimenez or Costa or even bring Pedence back inside. To have some sort of structure and and shape, it would be better because we just don't seem to be get value out of the players that we've got. And and you can see that when you've got Nunes and Neves on the same pitch there's no coherence in what they're doing and I think that's a lot of people were annoyed in recent games when Nunes has started is that because of this lack of balance they can't work together and we we seem to have have this breakdown and and yesterday was this real um, focus point on it because as you said earlier no one got near Jimenez so when we're sort of like playing with the players that we are, and we're slowing the play down from the wings. No one's getting into the box to support. So you've got two two very, very talented midfielders doing jobs that they shouldn't be doing. And it's sort of this square pegs in round holes thing again with Wolves. And I don't know why we do it, because we have a a, 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 a load of really, really good attacking players. You know, Sarabia could play in the middle. Cunha could play off the striker. Pedes could play off the striker. We've got all these players. Why don't we use them in that role and just play a little bit more structured for where we are? You know, Nevers is a very, very, very good player, but he doesn't need to be doing that role. Mm. Our value in him is, is getting him to start players. And that's when we saw in the second half, and we'll talk about it a little bit in a little bit more detail later. But the the value from him was starting attacks and getting the ball moving quickly. And that's what we're not we're not getting it if he's charging and wasting all of his energy doing 40 yard runs at a goalkeeper to close him down.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's difficult because you know people in the comments, um, friend of the fan cast, um, Ed Marshall says, you know, it almost feels like he's trying too hard and he's having to feel like he's having to do it all. And they get it, because you know, we always got his two comments back to back and it's bang on. He's trying to almost be Brian Robson be Captain Marvel because no one's doing the work in front of him. Chiefly because other players can't, in terms of like Kim Neres, to be that press. So he's having to drive that energy forward, but then you, you miss him out in, in the areas that he sells at. Now, I personally think Nevis could be a boxer box midfielder. Do I think it's his best position? No. Mm. He's having to do it because who the fuck else is? <laughs> it's how it feels <laughs> like. Yeah. And it, it must be so challenging for me I, I like personally i like seeing them go further forward because i want to see your best players on the ball as much as possible and in those attacking positions and influencing play but i, I i'm in agreement and you know we, we've got a little bit of a break now in terms of fixtures so we, you know we don't have a game for two weeks but this team is crying out for 4-2-3-1 with just I, I know that there's politics at play around mateus nunes for example uh, but just go for a two man base of Lamina and Neves. And, you know, have your ba- you know, have Kuna, Sarabia, and one of the probably Huang behind Jimenez. Mm-hmm. And I, that's hopefully just gives that full link and gives the support for the front players because it just feels like, however you can't kind of look at it for that midfield and attack of those um a complete lost count of the out of place by six players for those six players there is just no formation or tactic that can suit six walls players in both positions it's like this weird um venn diagram where we just can't get it to match up to get that central central bit That you know you can't have this front three working together. you can't have this midfield three working together because you're right there's just there just isn't balanced. And that's not to say that Neves, Mateus, Martinho, um you know, Lamina, Jao Gomez aren't all really good players. But, you know, just no, it just doesn't work. It just simply doesn't work. And it almost felt like the cherry on the cake when Leeds scored a third goal um, with a man who scored within 10... 20 seconds coming off the bench and um, scoring with his first touch, um, to the point I I frankly didn't even register on it when it came to um, for Fancast Twitter because I I just I'd I'd, I'd almost given up at that point. And by the time I'd almost calmed down, Wolves have pulled one back through what I think will go down as (laughs) quietly one of the best goals Wolves have ever scored. That will get forgotten about.
2: It absolutely will, won't it? Like that will be on your end of season review of you know best goals and then you'll never remember it. And partly because it was in a terrible match and partly because it, it was Johnny. Yeah. I was gonna say <laughs> about, best
0: what's
1: goals goals a a shit performance. What's the opposite of a shit sandwich? Because um he always he, he was at fault for a third goal. Uh, which I can't... I've, I've literally just passed on mentally just because we've still got... We've still got, what, how long left of the game? About half an hour left of the game. I, I still need so, to yeah. cover it. Yeah, if yeah. they scored in like the 62nd minute and we scored in the 65th. Um, so it was bad. And then... Yeah, so he was at fault for the goal. Sound. Made yeah. up for... With, again... What was just a nonchalantly great volley from for a four, a, like when you put it out, scored a volley from forty yards. Yeah, I get it, but even though it's an empty net or whatever, it's still a, a decent finish, right? Oh do? yeah, definitely.
2: <laughs> I always like a goal as well that bounces before it crosses the line. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but there's just something about that visual where the keepers—it's almost like the keepers so close, but just not close enough that it gets to bounce before it hits the back of the net i love that
1: i must say from a far out goal i'm a big fan of, of almost I, I like it when it does for bounce it always feels comical i like it when it's scored from long range um and it doesn't hit and it doesn't bounce and it almost just feels like a you know slamming down of the piano case i'm, I'm thinking of dejan stankovic um mm. for, for inter milan where yeah. you know Noyak comes bursting. Yeah, flying and He just goes, Nope, you don't do that round here. And just levers it. <laughs> it just arcs him beautifully. But as Paul kind of rightly says, the <laughs> YouTube comments are amazing on this. I-, I almost have more fun with this sometimes. Like, yeah, it was a great goal, but no one cared about it. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Paul's right. Like, Paul spot on. <laughs> I didn't celebrate either. <laughs> No, like, I, gave, yes, I gave it a, a, a
2: golf round of applause, like it was a that was a nothing more. You know
1: what? Eight minutes later, when Mateus Kuna a forward player, scored for Wolves, I did. I'm not. I, I did start to believe. I'm not going to lie. I thought I've watched so many football matches. Leeds aren't an amazing football side. We're terrible as well. I don't and get me wrong but i thought you know what this is just this is this is the turning point and i talked myself up into it and me you say max killman turning into the best you know what a ball in from him
2: yeah absolutely i thought he played um quite well actually i think he was you know the pick of our players was killman at times to be honest not that anyone was really good but you know he was mediocre in a team full of shit to be honest but yet like you say once a striker finally scored a goal after over a year at this point i I did believe that we were going to get back in it because leeds might have scored three goals but they were fucking terrible yeah for pretty much most of that game leeds were not a good team we just couldn't defend for shit so i thought you know what we'll get these we might even nick a winner but then obviously everything fell to pieces a few seconds after we got back into the
1: game yeah, well I, I think the big catalyst after but in terms of why we didn't go on to do something else in the game wasn't actually the Johnny Red card I think it's actually preventing a two-match suspension for Ruben Neves mm. because I think that's why he takes off Ruben Neves with 15 minutes to go because politely why why the hell would you take off Ruben Neves for 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 kind of any any reason because he wasn't playing awfully but he has got this two game suspension looming over and I think he's got until I want to say Chelsea until he um until he kind of gets away from it and as soon as that happened and don't get me wrong Matino Matino coming on with 15 minutes to go any football match at this point of career i think that's, that's that's kind of like the perfect move for, for him at this point but oh as, as ben said in the uh, uh in the comments um you know apparently he had a knock so he was protecting him okay uh so so fair enough at the time i yeah i still stand by it that that, that game considering how touchy it was and before he got sent off i think there was what one two three four five there'd already been six yellow cards um, by, by the 75th minute as well and let's be honest he's a good one to have as a banker for, for yellows, Ruben. Um. it takes years to build a business that sustains
0: a family and is worth passing on at sandy spring bank we work closely with clients to provide the financing cash management and deposit products necessary to grow a business so your life's work will continue to prosper once it's in someone else's hands we believe real banking is a conversation Let's talk about your business. Visit SandySpringBank.com business. Credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. When you're drinking a frozen beverage from McDonald's, your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is, but the rest of your body, oh yes, it's going to relish every moment of it because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill
2: you need for just $1.69. From any size frozen drink, like a frozen Fanta blue raspberry, to a new ice-cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with
1: any other offer. But anyway, as soon as that happened, I thought it was going to be a struggle. The momentum did slow down after that change. I don't know whether it's leads took an extra back step on it as well. But then Johnny chases down um a bad touch initially gets a yellow gets reviewed by var goes to red now i i i know they talked about potentially appealing it
2: mm. i personally
1: think it wasn't red unfortunately
2: yeah i, I think they've now come out and said they won't be appealing the Johnny, yeah. but they will be appealing the new one which i think makes
1: sense because yeah
2: yeah, it, it was a red card. At the time, I didn't think it was. I thought maybe he's just overrun it. And, but when you look back, you're like, actually, no, you know, you absolutely can't defend that. He's he's nowhere near the ball. His studs are up. It's out of control. It's a red card all day, really, isn't it, that one?
1: Yeah, and I think that's the nicest way I can. I, I looked at it, and I don't. And when I mean, you listen to the commentary back, you Johnny's not that sort of player. I can't remember off the top of my head, and I feel a bit ignorant now for not checking. I can't. I I don't remember him ever getting sent off before. I definitely don't remember him getting sent off for, you know, an no. bad tackle or anything like that. And again, I don't think he's like meaning to stamp on the bloke's leg, and he's not gone over for the ball to try and injure him. He's tried to win the ball. It's got nicked away how he's gone and win, win the ball by. It did feel like the sort of game where it wasn't going to end with 22 players on the pitch anyway. Mm. I was a bit I was just a bit sort of surprised it was mm. him as it well was as anyone else.
2: I almost feel like he was a bit over-enthusiastic. Scoring that goal, obviously, got to his head and he just he had a, a moment, a senior moment, and then that was it. It was all over for him.
1: Yeah, I think it's um, it's going to cause potential dilemmas at left-back because I don't quite know when, when I was going to be back for it. And really doesn't seem to take a fancy to ignore-y. Um
2: He said it was tactical, didn't he? It was why Nori was left out yesterday. I believe it's he's, he's the reason he didn't feature. But you are right; he, he's never his go-to guy, is he? So,
1: yeah. No, he's he's not kind of nailed down a starting spot. He's essentially they preferred Bueno over him, who's got a lot less experience. Um, I don't know, and even when you say, oh, well, it's tactical, I can't, it sounds bad when I say I can't quite work out what the tactic is, because we had two defenders on the bench who were Toti Gomez and Nathan Collins. Now, if your argument's Johnny gets injured, you're playing Toti Gomez as a left-back? Mm-hmm. I think, is it? Yeah. Whereas, uh, uh, always, you know, because that's what I sort of find interesting to a degree but anyway sending off happens and i think at, to a degree i think that kind of killed off wolves's chances we've not got, talked about the um i guess the other sub as well in terms of a dharma trial, right, who basically i was gonna say basically who uh who played right back um um essentially for for half an hour and put in a half decent shift um for, for in an orthodox position for him, um, and then deep into uh, added time, I, I, I almost don't know how to describe it because I, whatever language I use, it, it won't quite sum it up. But essentially, he gets his shirt pulled and he does the absolute football cliches cardinal sin number seven between passing it across your own box. <laughs> And not beating the first man from a corner, he does not play to the whistle. And um, literally, he stops still. And they pinch, at least pinch the ball and you know travel 50 up, 40 yards at the pitch and score. And chaos ensues um, pretty, pretty much, isn't it? Um, now, before we go on to the chaos ensuing aspect, the Traore thing. Now, Again, it's brought about a lot in terms of the dharma, personally and whatever, but what was your, again, initial, uh, uh, break it down.
2: Well, his performance, before I get to that bit, I think I might have been a bit harsh initially in the group (laughs) chat when we were talking about him. He's a fucking pain in the arse because (laughs) he should do better than he does. But he did give us probably the best chance of the game that didn't end in a goal. When he he picked he did it the one time where he picked the right pass, the right cross was to the near post to Jimenez, and it just ended up being a worldly save from Melia. So fine, okay. But then you get that one, but then the other five crosses are either too short, too long, goal kick. He's a nightmare. But for the goal, I don't know if it's a foul, you know. Because right, if, if it gets given us a foul, VAR wouldn't overturn it, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, the rules now are, are the is the action enough to deem the outcome? You, he did pull his shirt, he untucked his shirt. That is literally what happened to him. Is that enough to really stop him from doing anything? The ref looks at it. He still stood up on his feet. He can still move quite freely. He chose not to hunt the ball down. He chose to turn and moan at the ref. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I can absolutely see why he hasn't given that as a free kick. Because if he was fouled so much, he would be on the floor. If he goes to ground, it's a free kick all day. And that's the problem. Because refs have made a rod for their own backs that only fouls. It's only a foul if you go to the ground, which isn't a thing. That's never been a thing. But that's now the... The culture they've engendered in football. That's why players dive because that's the only way you're going to get a free kick.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those. Like, if that happened against us, and he he stopped and 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 was like shouting at the referee in the referee game, we we what we'd say as fans, especially as Wolves fans, we say that he's refereeing the game, and that's what Adama tried to do. He tried to referee the game. He tried to say, okay, well, I've been felled, stop the game. That's it. Instead of actually hmm. being a team team player, and that's the one of the things that. I always levy against Adama. His, his attitude and application as a footballer is never good enough. You know, as you rightly say, Rich, play to the motherfucking whistle. I know you didn't quite put it that way, but... Play <laughs> I, to could, the... I could have done. I could have you food. could have done, <laughs> but... I, hang, you know. on, hang on, do you want me to just fill it in? Yeah, go play on. motherfucking
1: whistle.
0: Yeah, go on. <laughs> okay, that's a, like. a soundbite right there. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's true. It's like, just keep going until the referee says otherwise. Because... At the end of the day, we're still in the game at that point. You know, we can still get a point. And then his attitude of saying, oh, I can't be touched. I can't. Yeah. and this It's so fucking annoying because he's not the only one. You've got Pedence does it as well and Neto. They go down mm-hmm. fucking way too easy instead of fighting. We've now gone four or two down, game over. Any sort of fight that was there is gone. It's, and it's so fucking frustrating that people have not got the right attitude as footballers and how much he wants. He wants to be paid this much and that much. He's not even worth half of that if he's not going to fight to be part of that team and to try and win the game for us because thats it's so annoying to see him try and referee a match because if it happened on the other side, like I say, we'd be so pissed off about it. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think what it summed up for me like a microcosm and we touched on it against um, Newcastle is how this group of players don't know how to emotionally respond to situations on the football pitch and I, I tried to summarise it with Adama before because we, we're talking bit of context, we we talked about Wilfred Zahar um, in our fancast group chat in terms of how he's perceived and things like that and how he reacts to challenges and him being quote unquote petulant now Adama isn't actually a Petulant footballer for a lot of the time, for someone who gets fouled as much as he does, he doesn't lash out. He is never someone who gets a booking for retaliation or anything like that. But you see how when he gets fouled, he doesn't, or he is almost fight or flight. He has a bit of a fight, you know, your fight or flight response. Here's his flight. He doesn't, what he should be doing is rising to it in a way and going, Mm -hmm. Actually, you're fouling me because I'm better than you, because I'm faster than you. And not just getting frustrated that he isn't gaining that momentum or getting that additional space and i i, I understand why don't get me wrong but every time a decision goes against walls whether it is justified or unjustified in this case they don't know how to react in a way that shows resilience and Frankly, sportingness sometimes, and you know it go, Don't get me wrong. Uh, I think it's tricky because you're right. You made a rod for your own back. Adama Tro is a big bloke. Is a little shirt pull going to pull him over? No. Is it going to pull anyone over? Not really. Does it technically impede him? Probably yes. If, as soon as that shirt's pulled, he drops to his knees and lands on the football, it's giving us a free kick. Simple as
2: yeah every time yeah I almost feel with Traore there's like compare Traore to Zaha for example who you just mentioned Zaha's attitude is very much you failed me I'm going to make a bit of a show of it become a bit of a cunt and then he'll either score or he'll lay one on you like because that's what he does that that graphic that Dan put in the group chat about the the players who've committed the most fouls Zaha's in the top 20 for most committed but he's also one of the most fouls. He's a yeah. shithouse. Yeah. Adama, he'll get fouled. He'll put his hands on his hips and huff. But mm. like that's that's not enough of a reaction. Even if it's a foul or if it's not, that's not a reaction. Your reaction either needs to be, well, I'll show you why you've done that and then take the ball back off and, and embarrass them. But the reaction he gives is never enough. It's so frustrating. I
1: mean, I guess you compare it. It a hard, great one. Like even Diego, uh, diogo Jota, when like he get fouled, and his immediate reaction would be just to try and bulldoze the next player, mm. and not like, and and properly stand up to them. And you know, it, it, it's not just you know when you get tackled, you get a foul, and yeah, you know, the essentially the the culmination of all this up for is somehow you know I I don't think many of us noticed that you know, it, 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 what, what he'd done initially but Mateus Nunes gets sent off despite being on the subs bench and it was quite an image seeing Diego Costa being the one to be calming the situation <laughs> down in what could only be described as poacher turned gamekeeper <laughs> um, <laughs> perfect and, description that is <laughs> and thank you but Okay, so uh, initially I thought he has said something to the linesman, you know, frustrating, a silly, silly thing to do. But it, Then it fed out that, oh, he's pushed a ref, uh, the assistant linesman, I think was the initial thing that broke, which you can't go, okay, well, you can't really do. And then uh, literally in the last, like, two hours, I think it is, the, the actual clip of what the incident was has been leaked which was essentially the linesman walks into him backwards, not knowing where he was. And again, we have so many cameras. I I, I don't understand how that decision was given.
2: I I wouldn't. uh, I think it will depend on the referee's report. If the referee reports that he sent him off for verbal abuse, then we probably won't get it overturned. If he has put, he physically attacked the linesman, as fucking ridiculous as that is, if that's the words in it, we'll probably get him back for the next game. I think that's what it'll come down to. But when you look at it in the grand scheme of the game, we've conceded a goal right at the death that was contentious, in a game that was on a knife edge like blood is going to be boiling tempers are going to be high I, you can understand it so but this all comes down to the fact that the referee didn't referee the game very well
1: no well, that,
2: i think that is part of the issue with a lot of it it was like some of the cards he gave just felt quite flippant and then there was other tackles which felt worse that got away with it and, I don't know. He didn't handle the emotions of the match at all well, which only added to make them even worse.
0: Yeah, I think I think it was just fans get very. I think we talk about players' emotions, but I think it was fans. We get very emotional and we can't control ourselves even when, you know, uh, we know Elan Milieu was being a complete dick yesterday and and wasting all that time. Hmm. <sighs> I mean, come on, referee. When it's in the first half, you just got to stamp it out. Because the moment you give one player an inch, they will take the whole fucking pitch. Mm. Because you've lost authority as soon as you don't follow. Because it's a rule, and the players know it's a rule. But if you ain't going to follow up on a rule, then they know that they'll have leeway in other areas. Because Mm. you've got no authority. You've got no control.
2: He spoke to Melier 10 times yesterday.
0: Mm. And then booked him in
2: the 102nd minute. What a waste of a booking. You book him, you speak to him once, he does it again, you say, right, this is your last chance. There won't be a third time, I'll tell you. Then you book them. He would have been booked after half an hour if that was the case. But he didn't, so he wasted all that time. And this is why now we're getting FIFA or whoever is saying, we'll get the World Cup added time now. We'll give you proper added time. We should be fucking doing that anyway. Like That's the point of added time, Mm -hmm. is to get the, the match that you've lost from this bullshit mm-hmm. that is going yeah. on. Yeah, so that, why right. do you need to make it a rule? It's I mean you
0: look at ridiculous. That, even with that, that added time there was two minutes in the first half. There was That's, I think the Leeds player when he went down when Harrison had yeah. that collision with, with um Dawson, I think he was down for over two minutes. I don't know where they get it from. I mean I'm I'm not I, I don't want to complain because essentially I wanted to get in because at that point we needed to reset and refresh. Mm. But I mean it's there's just no sense in it all because if you ha- if you lose 2 minutes to, to say 2 to 3 minutes for that that incident you've got every goal kick was taking 20 25 seconds sometimes longer there's no sense in it there's just the referee just like again that they'll hide behind it they, they, there's no accountability mm-hmm. and you want them no. to come out and you want them to talk about it? Like yeah. I, I, I want them to, to say, okay, then we'll, we'll interview referees at half time, You know, at full time and stuff like that, because I think that's the only way to, to push them to the forefront and say, you justify what you've just done. Because every other thing, these managers, these football players, they get fucking put on by the media and they mm. have to go out there. They're legally obligated to go and talk to the media. They have mm. to, because that's the way that the Premier League set up. How the referees get away with not being able to do that when what they do influences a game just as much as a footballer or a manager? It just baffles my brain. It really does because, you know, they should justify what they've given because th- there's a reason for it. And I think most fans would be more, more than happy to at least try and understand what has happened if they re- they give a solid reason. Because at the, the moment yeah. they just sit behind smoke and mirrors.
1: That's why. That's why I'm a huge advocate for my referees. I don't mm-hmm. understand it. Where, mm. you know, I, I think it works well in you know rugby although they're going through a bit of a issue with uh, with with rules in that game at the moment. But just that ability to be able to kind of clearly explain to a player, you know, what, why a decision wasn't given or. Why it was given, I don't know. I just, I just think that's that's huge, and you cut out a low, you know, you'll have that first two weeks, and there'll be a lot of yellow cards for dissent sort of thing. You, mm. I, but, oh, yeah, I mean, they have to learn.
0: And, Mitrovic doesn't get sent off today if the referee communicates, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mitrovic, all he huge. wants to do is to just to tell him, just explain to him what's happened. But yeah. because he's just he's been a nonchalant little child because that's all they are—they're overgrown children referees. So they're little toddlers. As soon yeah. as you criticise them, or them and all their little stupid, almost like over over loving parents on Twitter. These referee support oh. groups—they're like they're like fucking that's parents nice. at, at at Sunday league football who are shouting abuse at their kids and shouting abuse at everyone else because they're in their own fucking bubble. It, that's what it, it's like, because it, they're just pathetic.
1: It's so dogmatic, and you know, I was trying to work out, like, you know, how do you make it better? You say, do you do interviews at the end of the game? Do you publicise match reports? Referee match reports? That, that'd be my thing, and, you know, but that is the referees, because that's referee, as, as you said, Andy, that's where he kind of explains his decisions, mm-hmm. but they're not access to anyone. Now, I feel like that would be really difficult because that puts a hell of a lot of pressure in terms of what you write, because it almost it's, it's going to get examined to a minutiae by, you know, dickheads like us. But in a way, I'd, I'd cope if he, you know, for, let's say the Samedo one, because that, that's like, or, or the Trial one. So those are the two kind of, I guess, for two hot point instances. The thing with Trial one is he went to VAR and he saw it. And actually, part of me goes, well, we've kind of said, mate, you know what? It wasn't really enough to go down on. And that's all he needs to put is, uh, initially, I didn't think it was a foul. I consulted with Mr... Miss, I was going to say Mr. Monts for, for reasons I have no idea why. Um, it was I, David I, Coote, so it could have been, Coot. to be fair. yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that'll do. Um, You know, we reviewed it on VAR. I determined that, uh, in my opinion... There wasn't enough contact for him to go down, and you go actually, there's nothing really no, what, like what you say to that because all you go is, mm. Yeah, but I think there was, or what or you go down with what about isms now,
2: yeah, I, I don't know, that, that's the issue, isn't it?
1: Yeah,
0: but once what?
2: it's in black and white from the person who actually makes the decision, it, it makes it much easier. And like you say, all you can say is, I disagree, like, okay, fine, well, hmm. we, disagree about, we disagree about lots of things, so. Fine, whatever, but, you gotta but at know least what, you have an you know,
0: answer. You got to know what you are disagreeing with, and yeah. that's what we don't know now. Is we we don't we don't have a base to work from. And at least if we're all fighting against the common goal of actually the referees done it because of this. And okay, everyone disagrees, and everyone says okay, he's got it wrong. Then at least we're all fighting in the right direction because at the moment it's a scattergun approach because it's bullshit baffles brains because they're just they're just making a decision. Okay, and we're going okay. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's this. So, we're not all pushing in the right direction, and they mm-hmm. can then feed off that chaos and say, Okay, well, we don't need to because you know we're, we're the governing body, we, we're in control, we can do it. Yeah,
1: but it, yeah, it's frustrating. Do you, I don't actually like to talk about refereeing decisions.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone don't, does. I I, and if, I, everyone I just wants to focus on football and enjoy yeah. fantastic moments that will be forgotten. Aller, Johnny,
1: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And yeah, I, I. I you know, it feels like obviously week and week out. And they, uh, Wolves have gone through a spate the last six. You know, since the cap, since what December, isn't it really? Since that Arsenal match where we've had a number on on a regular basis. And part of me just go, they're leaving itself out across the season, and it's it, it, it's frustrating because I think I mm. say for all of them, I think if the referee gives it, they don't get overturned, and it's that for me. is at the very heart of it um, for me. And I, I do think to a degree, and we, we've had a comment on YouTube, and I think I tweeted it, um, about the Nunes one, I think because of how Wolves players do react to situations, Crystal Rogers says, do you think there's a level of subconscious um, exists with referees? Concerned with getting the reputation of moaning, it's not giving us anything because we've been chatting back. I kind of buy into that to a degree, because of how we do kind of respond sometimes. But Either way, it, it it's hella frustrating because you know Leeds are right down there with us. So they've done the six points six mm-hmm. you know, they've got the six points against us this season. They've beaten us on the eighteenth of March for two years in a row now, um, which is a lovely start, and with several players with I think it was Johnny Um Rodrigo and Ailing on say or Harrison. Um so it's got the scoring in the same fix twice. I mean, in terms of the league table, now according to Opta, we're we're down as having a sixteen percent chance of getting relegated. Twenty-eight um twenty-eight games played now, twenty-seven points. How are we all kind of feeling? Because we had a couple of games recently, Bournemouth and today, against relegated relegation threatened teams, defeats against both them at home, two big red flags. I mean as the inter- basically do you think the international breaks come at a very good time for us?
0: I think it's a reset point. Um I think the one the one thing that has come out of the last two or three games is Lopategi doesn't really know his strongest team. Now everyone's fit. Bar Wang not being around and Boobacartero. Um but it's it's that is he needs to know who's going to get the best best out of it and there needs to be consistency but i mean i don't fear relegation at the moment because we're in a good position you know since since the world cup you know we were we were a stone last we were we were, and we, yeah we were a little bit and now now we're 3 points ahead of most teams so we're in a we're in a good position you know we can only focus on ourselves and i think that's one thing that is good is that if you're in a position where you only need to focus on your own results, I think there's a less pressure. And I know that sounds kind of simple, but having to not worry about other people's results is a nice problem to have Um, because you're you're still going to win, but you know, at least you've only got to worry about what's in front of you and not what's going on at Mm. say Leeds versus Leicester or something like that. So, I, I mean, I'm still in the camp of I think we'll stay up. I, I still think I trust Lopetegui. but we need to get that consistency and get that consistency back.
1: Mm.
2: What I think's interesting on that graphic is West Ham, who are in 18th in the relegation zone, um, their percent chance of going down is actually less than ours.
1: Yes, I'm, I'm assuming it's That's just because it must be to. Game, the two games in hand they have on, it's the, be, and, and Leicester as it's well. In 17th. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I <laughs> do find that interesting.
2: Hmm. I mean, I, I do think that we should stay up. However, I would have said exactly the same thing when we had Dean Saunders then come in and fuck things up massively. Like there is enough there to get us over the line. The worry is very much that we have lost against teams that we should be getting results against. And we are two matches off bottom of the league. Like Southampton could catch us in two matches time, effectively. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, it's not cut and dry by any stretch of the imagination. But I do think we've got the players. I do think we've got the manager. I think this break has come at the right time. We've had a couple of really good results against like Liverpool at home and against Spurs at home. Two, two good teams who have been in, in different form, which, you know, I mean, but at the end of the day, that is still Liverpool and Spurs that you've got results against. So that certainly helps. So they know that they can do it. I think now is the time that they need to sort of settle on a team to go forward because... The chopping and changing isn't helping anybody. There's, there's too much inconsistency. How are you going to know what you're supposed to be doing week in, week out, when it might be you, it might be Huang, it might be Trey, or it might be any fucker decides to play that position that particular week? Yeah. just need that bit of consistency now and just sort of back your players. Don't just chop and change them on a whim because at times... It, it is feeling a little bit like that. Like I didn't quite understand why he bought Gomez in yesterday as well as he did. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I don't know what, why he was bought in. It just seems a little bit flippant almost. And think- it's great that he recognizes that the team he's put out has created an issue and then he's able to try and rectify the issue. But how about starting and putting your <laughs> yes. game plan down <laughs> yes. and crea- causing them the issues, not, reaction
1: to the issues they're causing you.
2: Yeah. Yes, I think
1: that's that, become a bit of a problem. Th- there has been a slight perception shift, hasn't there? And I think that's why I've been half saying you've been tinkering more of this episode mm. because it's gone from being, you know, tactically astute to identifying the problem to you know not starting games off correctly then because we're constantly mm-hmm. making these half time changes and early changes and you could even argue, you know, if he doesn't sub off Neves at seventy-fifth minute and we still got that extra sub, sub to play with when Johnny gets sent off, we can bring on Toti Gomez and you've and, and have a natural back three and go for three, a three, four, two formation. Mm. And, and or, you, do you know what I mean? Like that, because he's made those changes early on because it wasn't working. And you, 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 can, argue, you, know, you can argue all day about, you know, he takes Dawson off at half time because he's on booking. And that's, you know, that's not Lopetegui's not judging the first half correctly. That's a player's, that, that's an impact from a player and things like that. But mm-hmm. it, it it does just quite feel like it, you know, we've talked about there's no chemistry. It used, it, it's almost like he's every week just still trying to find that magic formula. It almost feels like, well, I guess half time, I've just give everyone a rocket of their ass and hope that the change at half time sparks some level of inspiration. But, for me, it's all about starting Kuna. 100%. You, can, you, you, you yeah. see, I think it's something like when he starts with school goal, if like 41 minutes or something silly, um, there's stat padding don't, don't get me wrong with him there, but there is, I think it's 41. I might've just made up a stat there guys. Um, but the, the, the level of, of, of output we get when he is on the pitch is mm-hmm. huge.
2: Yeah, I mean, he he doesn't look like he's going to get you the goals, but his movement and his actual creativity, his link-up play, he manages Mm. to create chances for other players. And if that's his role going forward, fantastic. If he ends the season on one goal from yesterday, but we stay up and he's created a dozen goals, brilliant, I'm all for it.
1: You know, like, if he, you know, same as, let's say, Podence, if he splits opinion for fan pace, but actually, you know, if he chips in three more goals and it's because of someone like Kuna being in the side, so it's allowing him to pick up better positions. I'm all in, but at yeah. the moment, it, it feels still very up and down, as it were. You know, when you look at fixtures remaining um, of some of the other teams in the round, or it's, it's really tricky because there is still a decent amount, of you know, still 10 games left to play for the majority of teams. Well, for us at least, there was, you know, 11 to 12, I guess as well for some others. It... <sighs> It's tricky, it is worrying, but I can't look at you know our last three games and Man United, Everton, Arsenal. But Forest have got Chelsea, Arsenal, Crystal Palace, so that's a a tasty old um running within itself. Leeds have got Newcastle, West Ham, Spurs, uh, you know, Everton have got um City, us, and Bournemouth, so I don't know, but there's a lot of football still to be played, and I think. What I kind of identified is there's still a lot of teams around us who still need to play each other. As much as, you know, we've got a few games left with those ones as well.
2: Mm, Yeah. Our destiny is in our own hands, which, as Jafo pointed out earlier, that's the best position to be in, really, isn't it? Let's be honest. We're in control of it, and I'm sure there'll be plenty more ups and downs in the next 10 games, to be fair.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A um, couple of questions from Twitter Corner. Um, we'll go through a couple of these. we have already talked about Johnny to a bit. We've talked about relegation fears, so um, big thanks to those questions that came in. Even for asked uh, do you think Val would benefit from either a couple of things you see in um, NFL, either refs being mic'd up, we've talked about that already, um, and of introduction of um, coaches, uh, coaches' challenge options as well? which, again, I think might be interesting. But all I want to pick up, hopefully it's a bit more of a light-hearted note, is the, which football phrases do you rationally find annoying? Mine is, I think there's a plane in there when describing a footballer. <laughs> and that's from uh, that's from Martin.
0: Game of, become, like a game of two halves, I don't like game of two halves, like that sort of stuff as well. Because <laughs> certain individuals on Twitter tweeting about him and tweeting <laughs> compilation videos, shall we say, yeah. about certain phrases such as he's, he's a, you know, he's like a Rolls Royce and stuff like that. Oh, the um,
1: is it yeah, um, oh, what's the account?
0: Uh, Brian's no, gun, yeah, and I'm just so hyper aware oh. of it now. Well, I was walking back from the game yesterday and I was just listening to what people were saying. Or that Mateus Nunes, he's a bit like, he's a bit of a Rolls Royce. I haven't heard it yesterday. I was like, oh my God. And I'm like, I get so cringed out because I, I say things like this as well sometimes.
1: I dread to think, because, you know, I think all those things, I'm the same on a bi-weekly basis.
0: Mm-hmm. So I do mm, fear Yeah. It.
1: Um, oh, one that really, sorry, one yeah. that does
2: piss me off. Has VAR checks that. But, yeah. yeah, checks everything, mate. Fucking every time. doesn't always get the right answer, but he does checks it. That <laughs> does annoy me. It's people not understanding the rules that they then preach about. That pisses me off.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mine mine are, and these might be more football, Twitter related, unpopular opinion, but when it, yeah, when either that's it, up
0: there with other it, things, yeah. Yeah
1: it, it isn't <laughs> an unpop, yeah. it isn't an unpopular opinion or it is an incredibly bad one. Um, yeah, it's, a,
0: it's a bad take.
1: Or. The other one again—it's more football Twitter. I feel, but I've gone down with, it. if you know, you know. So it'd be like, yeah, I know. Um, Bulls versus Newcastle, uh, New Year's Day. If you know, you know.
0: Yeah, but, uh, it's like all right. It's a bit weird, isn't
1: it? it, it it's, hmm. it's a bit—it's just a bit braggy. I initially read about a phrase I don't like in general, and I think for what I don't like, and it's a workplace one, and I'm now started thinking there might be the potential people i work with who listen to this <laughs> but people always say i'm just so busy i haven't been able to do that i'm just so busy mm. it's like all are you do is complaining about being busy yeah
0: yeah you know, i'm that, with you on that,
1: that one that that, that that that's a sticking point for me i've decided um but yeah there, there's some very good uh, i mean i i i I think a, a number of people in the Fancast Paris listen to the uh, Football Clichés podcast and, you know, like saying for my sins. They mm. do a big, big round up on that and fuck me, I think any time I talk about supporting balls, I will say for my sins.
0: Yeah,
2: 100%. I, I almost do it now, knowing how bad a saying it is. Like, I think yeah. I've gone like 180 on it. I'm saying it now knowing that it's a shit thing to say.
1: What I'm trying to do, and I probably don't quite say it enough to enough foot, proper football – oh, that's it. I think proper football fans. There we go. That that can be my irritating football <laughs> mm-hmm. phrase. Um, like, I guess football, football nerds who listen to a football cliches podcast, but if I said for my sins, half ironically like you, Andy, mm-hmm. and they'd pick up on the half idea yeah. of it and go, Yeah. He, he's he's a cool guy. Who listens to podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> which, which is exactly what they need. Um, on that note, um, we will uh, end the show. Big thank you to everyone who's listening. Big thanks to everyone who's tuned in live and hopefully enjoyed a bit of Um, catharsis. um Also, big thank you to everyone who has subscribed because we have now hit the uh, two thousand um, mark on YouTube in terms of subscribers. Um, I don't quite know how we've done it. I don't quite know why you persist with us sometimes, but, um, you know, we enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. if, if you want to listen to 72 minutes of top-notch content, then, you know, who am I to judge? Um, but, yeah, genuinely, it, it means a lot. Fra- frankly, I've been doing this show since we, well, had a lot lower engagement to a degree. Um, so... You know, frankly, anyone who listens still makes me feel very humble. Um, so, big shout out to everyone. And if you haven't already subscribed, right, do subscribe because you'll miss out on, otherwise you might miss out on some fantastic stuff. Um, make sure you do keep up to date with all things Wolves Fancast, at Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and also YouTube. Um, we will I was going to say we'll probably be off in the next couple of weeks. Might stick in a filler show. Um, if we feel like it um, but we'll no doubt keep you up on all our socials and shout out to Ninety Mint as well but until next time it's goodbye from jeffo good night it's goodbye from andy see you later and it's goodbye from me see you next time